Good morning and welcome back to another episode of the Scottish CEO Show. I am delighted to have Scottish powerhouse author and probably the most requested guest ever, Sophie Gravia, who is the successful writer of A Glasgow Kiss and What Happens in Dubai and maybe some other exclusives we'll have on the show. Welcome to the show. How yeah, are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank I you. I mean, I'm just saying, we've had a glow up this morning with a new set. I know, I love I'm like, it. Uh, listen, it's been quite the glow up from what I've had over the past few weeks. So <laughs> thank you very much for joining me. First of all, right, I put out asking, like, who do you want to have on the show? We were chatting with us earlier, but yeah. you must be one of the most requested people in Glasgow. I feel Aww. like a Glasgow female in a Glasgow mall, you're like their hero. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> and what, I do get loads of messages in the, like from people asking uh-huh. me to come on, but I'm so busy. Like, so I've, about, I've not, I've hardly done any podcasts, like hardly. Well, we've got a lovely exclusive here yes, for us today. So no, thank you so much for joining us. Let's just start by taking it right back. Let's talk about you. So you've just kind of mentioned there, but an author, yep. a best-selling author of two fantastic books, a mum and a nurse, yep. all of that in one life. I know, I Are know. you shattered? I'm, abs- I'm constantly shattered. <laughs> we talk about this in my office, right? Where if I was to describe life in one way, like even on The Apprentice, we have a running joke, like my tagline was, I'm fattered, I'm fat, and I'm shattered 24-7. So hopefully you can relate to it. 100%. Like, you must be so exhausted, running a bit after kids. Yep. What age are your kids now? Um, 11 and 12. Yeah. So close together They're as well. Getting, I know there's only 15 months between them, I know, but... Um, they are getting the bigger they get the easier it gets yeah. as well so they, they are a good help yeah definitely and you're still a nurse full time yep I know do you love it but I do I love it but I'm shattered <laughs> <laughs> I've just done six days in the trot there like six 13 hours in the trot no. and I am done I that's so hard um, and I did actually I was doing my research I was yep. I felt like a private investigator yesterday <laughs> I'm not going to lie I was like finding all the information so let's just take it back let's talk about you let's talk about life growing up life growing up in Glasgow before you become this amazingly successful author mum and everything else in between um, yeah so I grew up in Bellsill right beside me yep. Roddingston oh are you uh-huh. yeah so I grew up in Bellsill um Finished school, went to college and done a diploma in performing arts. Well, I was just about to ask you Yeah. When Um, are we getting the bloody... (laughs) When are we getting the BBC drama these books? Do you know what that's mental though? Like, you always find, right? And it's quite interesting you say that. I've interviewed so many guests and they always have like a drama or a performing arts background. Like, one of my best pals in The Apprentice, Rochelle, now owns like a massive chain of salons and I'm like... She's like, oh, I went and studied uh, television and media. And I'm like, that's mental to think. Uh, It's just a creative outlet, I think. Yeah, definitely. I love drama at school. like, And I I hated school. And my mum was like, you're not leaving school unless you've got something else planned. And she's like, what's your favourite subject? And I was like, drama. And she's like, Sophie, get a grip. So where did you go? Where did you study? I went, it was, it's New New Lanarkshire College, but Mm -hmm. it was Coatbridge College at the time. um, And done like acting performance and script writing and stuff like that. And do you find that that helped you on this mental journey? Massively, I don't think I would have done it if I hadn't done that before because I love I loved it. But to be honest, it was just fun. Like I just done it to have a laugh with I my think, pals. Like we, I have a I have a college like a theatre school college essentially, yep. right? And I'm sick having conversations with some of my students. So like this, like this is hard, and I'm like it's brutal. Like mm-hmm. you know yourself, like yep. when you go to drama school or when you even go, like there's a lot of deadlines. People think that you're rolling about the floor as a tree. Like yep. it's very, very, very intense. It's like intense. physically, mentally, yes. the hand ins are due. So that's probably gave you a lot of discipline though in later life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I loved it. Like that was probably the best time of my life. Was so going you never there. know. We might maybe see you on the telly screens. Oh. Maybe you'll be in the books when they go. <laughs> When they go to I'll be the Zara. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so tell us what happened after that. Then how did? So I, f- I became pregnant. I literally I was going to go to uni in Edinburgh, um, but I became pregnant with Olivia, my um, eldest, and I was only eighteen, <gasps> so I was stressed as you imagine. Um, I left college. I, f- I finished college. Um, had Olivia, then straight away fell pregnant with Grace 
Um, Listen, keep them together. Yeah, like. I know. I did, I did want that because like, me and my sister are really close mm-hmm. as well. And, and she had the baby at the same time? She had one just after. Um, and we kind of, she was older uh-huh. than me and we were like, yeah, let's do this. But um, when I, as soon as I had Grace, I split up from their dad and I thought, right, I need to get a job mm-hmm. here. I don't want to live this uh-huh. sort of life. And uh, I applied to my nursing. Um, and started my nursery when Grace was 12 weeks old. 12 I weeks? Know, I know, it's mental. Looking back now... Like, well, you, that's what I was going to say. Now that you look back at that, that time of your life probably felt so heavy with like, having horrific. a baby ever and else. And mm-hmm. like, could you imagine going back to doing that no, now? No, definitely not. Do you not. Know, think, though, when you're younger, you just have, like... We were talking about this the other day. Like, You've got something inside you of, like, you just don't feel as tired as what you get. Like, I mean, I'm not that saying I'm it, old. Right? You're not old, right? But, like... <laughs> we were just saying like you you have this resilience like when I was younger I used to like go to drama school run a nightclub and I'm like see now it gets to nine o'clock and I'm like oh uh, honey, shut my eyes <laughs> I know it's just that that was kind of life and mm. you just got on, you with, got on it. with it I, I remember my mum walking in one day and I was writing an essay and I was breastfeeding Grace <laughs> and I love her I was on a bouncer and, she, and I was bouncer and my mum was like Right, what the fuck is going on? What's going on here? We need to calm this down. Aye, but I was like determined. So I was like, I don't want to live a life Mm -hmm. where they don't have everything Uh they they kind of want. want. So, aye, I started. So you then went back, trained as a nurse. Mm -hmm. Trained as a nurse for four years, um, and then started working in Monklands um, Hospital. Been there. And I've been there, I've been in the same ward since I started, yeah, the last so, eight years. I was reading um, reading and researching, should I say, because, as I say, I think that, you know, my full office was <laughs> buzzing when what happens in Dubai came out, because it was like, I feel like Scotland was left for this, like, what's next? Yeah. And we'll talk about that and we'll come on to that. But So let's talk about how you go from being a, a mum to then a nurse to then thinking, do you know what? I think I'm right in saying this here that you started as a blog. Yeah. So what point did you get to where you go, fuck it, I'm writing a blog to then fast forward so many years to be sitting in a position where you are an amazing best-selling author? I basically, so you know that way you you want something different, Mm -hmm. right? So I had finished uni, Mm -hmm. I had... um, Got a job, a a good job, as people think, like working obviously in the hospital, Uh but it did not pay the bills. Like, it genuinely didn't. And you know that way you think, surely this isn't my life. Like, I was 25, I had a good job, I had a career, but I was like, I am struggling every Mm -hmm. single month to pay these bills. And um, obviously, I'm on my own. And I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? and I actually, I watched a Tony Robbins um, <sighs> documentary on Netflix and I, I was with like my best friend, Sarah, who is like the most, motiv- like oh. I could tell her I could was going to do it and I'd be like, listen, I'm going, she'd be like, yes, you fucking are. Yes, you are. She's Big up, Sarah, me and Sarah so- would go to my house and fast. <laughs> she is so motivational. And we watched it one night and I was like, and it was talking about these light bulb moments and the signposts, like, mm-hmm. and then I finished watching it and I said to her, I'm going to write a book. And she, I was like, I want to do something in writing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah. I mean, it was so random now thinking about it because I was a nurse and I wasn't writing. And she was like, aye, I think Fucking you should do it. it. Fucking do it, right? And she was like, what type of book? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I said, maybe a children's book. Like, I was like, maybe, right? So I kind of had it in the, the back of my mind, but never actually done uh-huh. it. And I think I took some notes on my phone and stuff. But no, nothing actually pure stood out Substantial, for me. Substantial, yeah. Um, and then fast forward like maybe four or five months, um, I was having, I started going out and like dates again, and I had like a few really dodgy dates. So I was like, I was reading and listening to something yesterday, and it was like the blog was created, and it was basically just like a space for you to yep. offload. And then did you go on one? Did particular. I read terrible, terrible date? Tell us what happened in particular. Um, so I went out on this date, and it was the night before I went to my friend's Hindu in Ibiza, mm-hmm. and we were leaving at six in the morning. So I was like. Oh, couple of drinks keep it casual doesn't doesn't exist never happens <laughs> so I went out in this day um, the guy was really nice like really all rounded very he was a gentleman all the way through it and I'm but you know that way I was trying to even read if he liked me because I'm like am I getting the vibe I don't know he was very like just chatting mm-hmm. as normal and then 
I couldn't get a taxi in the end of the night and we're in Finiston and he's like, just come back to Mabbit and phone a taxi. That old That's how it starts. <laughs> come back for a cup of tea. You look like you need a bit of toast. And then before you know it, it's eight in the morning. So I went back to his and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I went to the bathroom and I came out and he was like kneeling at the floor, <laughs> naked, kneeling. And I was like, what is going on here? And he's like, I just want to sniff your pants. How long have you had them on? And like, it was like Shut a full thing. <laughs> but the worst thing is, I stood there and let him. Like, I just stood there because I was so shocked. Like, I was like... And then he's like, how long have you had these on for? And I was doing back. I was like, eh, eh. And it was actually a bodysuit I had on. And um, I was just like, a few hours, right? And he's like, oh, like rolling his eyes. So I was totally Where hanging. did you meet this guy, did I ask? It was off. It was either Hinge or Bumble Aye, or so. something. And then that obviously happened. I got a taxi. I went home straight to, and then I got ready straight to the airport and then I was sitting like in the, I was like in a bad way in the plane like not Ill. talking to anyone and then gathering your thoughts that yeah, some guy in Finiston last night has like, been asking you how long have you had your pants on for <laughs> and then I was sitting around the loungers at the in Ibiza and my friend was like oh blah 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 how? and I was like guys something really weird happened to me last night and I started telling them all and they were all like killing myself laughing and um, one of the girls went oh you should blog about that and as soon as she said that, I thought straight, about, straight back to the Tony Robbins thing. And um, I was like, all right. And then that particular holiday, I broke my hand in um, Ocean Beach. And I was <laughs> what off. <a> lesson. <laughs> the place that dreams are made of. Exactly. I go to Ibiza on Wednesday, actually. Oh, and do I you? can't bloody wait. Oh, but I'm so jealous. Has anybody ever left Ocean Beach and remembered their own name? I know. So I know. am I shocked that you broke your hand? <laughs> but I feel like breaking your hand might have been the start or something because am I right in saying you ended up with like six weeks off work? I was off work for a while and during that time off that's when I started writing my blog. So do you think that you just like we talk about these moments and like I know that just from talking to you for two minutes right like the law of attraction you can feel it right and every single person that you speak to in the greater Glasgow that like works hard that has did well it's like it's not a cult it's real it happens and like what you're just saying there but like that's a massive sign that you've probably to be sat writing yep yeah I think so and that's just what you so you just sat and started writing and you just like read the message and do it don't you I know it sounds crazy but it it genuinely has changed my life so we're probably very grateful for Wayne Lineker (laughs) (laughs) so we've got Uh, Wayne Lineker here I get my picture me and Wayne (laughs) get that in one of the books so you and Wayne Lineker (laughs) he's broken Adam we'll get that in there Um, so let's just like talk about the book right so you've wrote the book tell anyone that doesn't know that's listening what's the premise of a Glasgow kiss I think it's basically about a young student who is trying to navigate the dating world. Like, obviously, in the 21st century, she's going out on all these dodgy dates, meeting the most random guys, falling in love, like, insecure, trying to <laughs> find herself. Instantly falling in love, yep, probably. Yep, infatuation, like, we literally <laughs> any guy that walks past her. Um, and then it's really about her finding herself and our career as well it's not just that but it is really really funny the the banter it's like total Glaswegian banter as I well I think like so I went holiday like we went holiday in October and Steph had brought the book and I was like that that's that book everybody talks about but I think what I remember picking up from it was just the way in what you write is just so like there's no ears or graces no. which is exactly <laughs> what we fucking need in Scotland like gone are the days of writing fantastic fictional novels with thesaurus like yeah. empathy I'm like it's not about that it's about how it really fucking happened yeah. and I think that's probably why the road and success of the books have happened uh, there's like no filter <laughs> there's no filter but I feel like I'm very unfiltered as well which is that. most of the reason I don't do podcasts I'm like what, Listen, watch what you say if we're going to learn one you've learned one thing with hanging out with me I'm like <laughs> I've got myself in some awful situations <laughs> from forgetting to just 
I always get told, and God bless if the PR company that deal with me are listening to this. She always says to me, just take a beat before you speak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that. Right, Pam. Because then I go 100 miles an hour and I'm like, fuck, what did I say that for? But so then what happened next? So you've wrote this book. What do you do when you've written a book? Who do you let read it? What happened? Talk us through that. So I finished the book and uh, Sex and the Glasgow City blogs were totally anonymous and I had plans to be totally anonymous with the book. Really? Because I was like, my So you had an anonymous blog first? The, bo- I, the blog was so totally... So how, how do you gather a following from that? Just on like... Just for, it, it was actually happened really quick. I didn't expect <gasps> it, like, but it did actually happen. Like, blogs were probably massive at this yeah. point. Blogs were before vlogs and were before yep. Instagram. Like, yep. I remember you had a blog before you had an Instagram page years ago. Yeah, I definitely. And it was Instagram really that was pushing it, but I had a few people that had like a few like influencers and stuff that had caught and done and had shared uh-huh. that but obviously didn't know it was me um it's uh, like so actually life. i know it was great because people used to send you dms <laughs> and it like not realizing it was, it was people you and you and I'm like, oh my god how are you <laughs> it was totally surreal but um wow. it was great so i had planned to do it anonymously and then i thought do you know what fuck it like this is my chance 100%. like so uh I, I basically researched on how to publish a book um, and I YouTubed it. I YouTubed it all um, and I turned it into a book. It says on YouTube there's like 0% chance of a first, mm-hmm. um, a first novelist to basically get published. So I was like, okay, I'll self-publish. So your first book, did you publish yourself? Self-published but it. But then after that, you're now with a publisher? It, it gets signed to a pub. I self-published it just for... I, I put it out one night um, and told like my Facebook friends and stuff like and was like I've got my book warning <laughs> I've wrote a book during COVID blah 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 and um, I went to sleep and then the next morning I woke up and it's number one bestseller trending so it was literally overnight um, and then it just grew like it, it was literally grew and then the papers and stuff were picking up and <clears throat> then I signed with a publishing, a publishing company who took over it and. So I, I know someone else that published their own book and one of the things that I just find so mental, right, is like the the hassle, the time, mm-hmm. the length that she went mm-hmm. through. I think it was like two years before she could even get it on Amazon. So like for you to do that in that period of time, like that's came for hard work. You're saying like, you know, you're downplaying that. Then as if you've went to bed one night, you've woke up as an Amazon bestseller, you've fucking grafted for years. I, I have, like, took, and I think like all of the hard work you've probably put in and like, being a writer is probably a certain element of life experience, right? Mm-hmm. And like all of the experiences you've went through from like being a young mum to having like some of these tales have probably came through your life at different points that you've put into a yeah, book. Yeah, definitely. And my friends, like <laughs> they used to go out and I'd be like, mm. Tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So you write the first book. And this is when I, I remember going, well, this is fucking amazing. A girl from Glasgow's wrote a book. I remember going up the fort and there was people like, I'll never forget we went to Nando's and someone was like, fucking sold it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, but I just remember the buzz of it. And you know Abby Blythe, don't you as well? I yeah, remember like, so yeah. I, I'm good pals with Abby and I remember like her being like infatuated by it on social media. She literally helped me so much in terms of like, wow. she had obviously a found it following. and she posted it. And since then, like, it just went boom as well. Like, I'm so, so grateful to Abby, Megan, and, like, All the loads, other girls, loads uh-huh. of different um, but it's just, girls Do you know what well. I think it is so nice as well? It's like, I think we now live in a world where Glasgow's a village, right? And, like, see when you're in that community, like, I went for a meeting the other day and someone was like, you know, when you're in the gang, you're in the gang. It's about everybody supporting each other. And, like, yeah. no matter, like what somebody does I'm like it takes somebody a certain amount of work ethic to fucking write a book mm-hmm. so why are we not celebrating like we live in a society and I say this probably in most episodes where in Scotland people are institutionalised to be like what the fuck they're doing that for and mm-hmm. I'm like get that gone I'm like let's celebrate success like you are a, a female writer from Scotland that's now two third book coming out soon yep. why are we not talking about this why are we reading stories that Michelle McManus is doing the Christmas light <laughs> switch on Michelle you're a lovely woman but I imagine that it's time for us to move on so I think that it's so important to celebrate success so gone. you've gone from a blog you've wrote your first book what changed in life for you then like how did your life change how did it feel let's talk about that it was insane. It was <laughs> literally insane. So obviously there was this big boom. My phone was red hot. Like I couldn't believe it. Um, and I had sold something. So 
I had like Googled that the average amount of books uh-huh. you, you sell in a year and the average offer sells 200 books a year. Shut up. Wow. And um, within the first month, I'd sold 10,000. So I was like... You're definitely the number one bestseller. Yeah, get that so crown on. I was like buzzing with that, obviously. Um, and I couldn't believe it. I remember saying, if I just have enough money to... To pay to get my new bathroom, and um, so like I literally obviously had that money, and then really quickly I had I paid everything up in tech. Like Aye. my couch was up in tech, my telly was in tech, my my um, what's it called? My kitchen was in uh-huh. tech, and I love I, that you're calling it tech. Everything <laughs> <laughs> was in tech. For anyone that's not from Glasgow, <laughs> what would we describe tech as? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'll put that one. It was it was. like, essentially, you know, uh, like you're paying it up, right? Aye. So, like, we, we always talk about this, you know. Man. Man. <laughs> do you remember years, like, I don't know if you know this, right? But I, we used to chat about this, like, do you remember what the Provy man was? Oh, <laughs> man, Annie and Bobby Brown was the Provy every Friday. <laughs> well, there you go, right? We were talking about this a few weeks ago in the office, right? And Jasmine, who's one of my staff, but it's like my best pal, right? We always talk about this. We're like, she's quite brazen. I'm like, see, like when you get these parking tickets, private car parks, I'm like, ah, you're not paying that. I'm like, get Aye. them to fuck. And so she's like, <laughs> exactly. If Glasgow City Council <laughs> at the door, you'll pay it. But if it's, you know, Brewster Bears yeah. car park, you're yeah. not paying it. Yeah. And Jasmine was like, <laughs> she went, I haven't told my, I haven't even told my mum you told me not to pay that. She went, she's like, well, won't be that with the Provy man's in the toilet <laughs> for the money. So no, I think that that's so, that's so funny. And just like, I think that that is what makes Scotland so fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, People in Glasgow have been brought up in a different breed. We've not had a silver spoon in our no. mouth. We've probably been closing the blinds from the Provy Man, which is total, total character yep. building. So you've basically then been in a position that you've been able to pay all of that off, I imagine. Uh, first thing I done was pay all my debt off. Wow. Um, Just so think of your kids as well. Like, I, how inspiring is that to think like, You've worked so hard up until that point and like that's just like a breath of fresh air off your shoulders. It was massive. It was like massive to even be able to go on holiday and like do wow. things like that. Um and then I ended up I bought a new car and I bought a new house as Amazing. well. So it was literally within a, such a short space like of time it was it isn't, it's a life changing story. Was, and Bearing in mind, you're also still working full time. But yeah. I just think that goes down to work ethic. You've probably been in a position where you went, I don't actually need to go here. Mm-hmm. But is that probably so so big a part of your life now as well? I love my job. In my particular ward, um, I work in a renal ward. So it's the same patients that are waiting on dialysis and oh, stuff so like that. In, like, it's, you're so building in, up good relationships. Yeah, so I literally love all my patients. I love the staff as well. And plus, when you write books, you don't, you're not again. You're not getting income that's guaranteed every month, and obviously I've got kids. Like got I can't take that chance. Like every six months you get a, a big lump sum, but uh-huh. by that time you're like, I'm needing the garden done, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know yourself. I mean? like, There's the debt and peeling exactly. up. You need to get that fixed. Aye. So wow. it just gives you a better quality of life. Hundred percent. But I also think like we sit here on you know a business driven podcast, and I think that like I think it's so important to say that like as a generation. It comes from hard work. Mm-hmm. It's not that you've like you know plonked a book on Amazon and, oh God, and Amazon's no. done you the world of good. You've grafted, you know, you've made a blog, you've shared it with people, and the nation has got behind it. I think that's just so important to say. So. You write your first book and yeah. then Scotland, the nation, the world are asking for more. So tell us about your next book. What did you then write? Yeah, so <laughs> after that, I had um, obviously lots of messages and people were reading that in like a day and being like, right, what's new? And I thought, that's just took me 10 months to write. What's Slow new? down. I, so I started writing um, What Happens in Dubai. Um Tell us what happens in Dubai is all about. <laughs> so it's basically a follow-on from the first book. So I don't want to ruin the story, but at the end of the first book, she's decided to be more independent. She doesn't need a man. She's mm-hmm. like living her best life. So what happens in Dubai starts from there. Um, she's single and she is ready to mingle. Like she's going mental. <laughs> like every Dubai girl that there is. Yes, you know, she's yes. over there loving life. So she goes on a work trip to, to Dubai Um and she sees her ex there, there's loads of drama. She comes back, she meets a guy in the plane in um, the clinic that she works at. She works in an aesthetics clinic and they're struggling to pay the, and she's trying to build up a business plan to try and secure that. 
Um, and then she's stuck in the middle between two guys. So she basically has to decide which one. Which then maybe leads us on to where currently we have a bit of an exclusive. You are just about to release yep. another one. Yep. Is it a follow on? It is. So it's the third and the <laughs> final of that series. The yeah. final? Yeah. So I'm doing three books as a trilogy. So yeah. And tell us what... Can we have a name? It's called Meet Me in Milan. Meet Me in Milan. Yeah. And when can we expect to have Meet Me in Milan? It's the 17th of August. Wow. Really soon. Really soon. Is that an exclusive? I think it is at the minute. Yeah, it is going on this week though. So. Well, that's good. Well, that's good to know. So we've got to look forward to that. So let's just talk about writing a book. It's hard. Yeah. But like, what does that do for you? How does it make you feel when you're writing? When I'm writing, I feel stressed. Like, I'm not going to... Like, do you? Do you know, I wrote A Glasgow Kiss and no one knew I was writing it and it was very chilled. Like, I could pick it up. And start, but now I've got deadlines. So I'm like... You're on it. Constantly. Yeah. And then... So I'll maybe finish work at eight and then have a power nap to ten and then write till two, then back up at six. Like, so I just really need to structure because there's so but much... But you've just, you just obviously said something there and this is me probably being a bit of, you know, a wanky actor or a wanky drama teacher, right? But, like, you've just started talking about, like, like you know, the plots within the plots where, like, the clinic struggling and all of that. That is, like, difficult to manage as well. Yeah. That's very academic it's very like you know coming from a place of like story plotting and there's probably a lot bigger that people do yeah. people probably look at you as like a Glasgow tale and think that you've sat there and wrote a story but there's a hell of a lot of Aye. academia and a hell of a lot of depth and depth work that needs to go into that I didn't want it to be just like a romantic novel mm -hmm. like about a guy I wanted it to be more about a life and uh -huh. about a I wanted it to be more motivational. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I didn't want it just to be about men. I don't. I Where do you more. think you get your inspiration from as a writer? I think my friends, like mm -hmm. my friend. Although I could be walking down the street and see something, and I'm just, my mind's like, oh, I could use Pure that. Observant. Yeah, totally. And then just like email myself it or whatever. <laughs> Reminder. Yeah. That woman I've seen I, in Downtown Main Street. I. I'll get up. The worst is when I'm. I'll actually be lying in my bed thinking, right, you've got four hours before work, you've got four hours, before, and then something will click my mind. I'll need to put the light on and just start taking right. notes. Do you always have a notepad beside your bed? Yeah. Because like, I have a notepad beside my bed and we always talk about this, right? But like, some of the best ideas come to you during the night. 100%. And I'm like, was I sweating there? Was I dreaming? Did that happen? Yeah. So it's interesting. And when we talk about like the law of attraction and talk about all of that, how into that are you? Oh, I'm so into it. Like, if I'm losing motivation, if I'm having a slump where... I just can't get into back to writing or whatever. Like if I'm just, I'm like, oh, I really should be writing. Really, I'll just put on like. What do you? What's your like go to? Right? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think he's so motivational. Mm -hmm. I love. I just love hearing it from like a voice that's similar to yours. Like I would find listening to this so much more motivating, oh, right? Really? Than like, see when they're like, you know, do it, do it, pure the American. His, his voice as well, it's so raspy. I like, quite oh. like that. There's one that sometimes if I have like, you know yourself, you wake up and you're like, shit, two shite emails have came in. Need to deal with that. But there's this thing that's just like on your phone and it's like fearless motivation, right? And see sometimes like, I forget that I've got it in the car, come back in and plug it in. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I was at six o'clock this morning. I needed that bit too deep now. But I think that like, it's, so important to say like so like your kind of journey of like we we laugh about this right because I put I, in my panto this year one of my dames was like I've been in a journey of self-development but on your journey of self-development like how important has that been for you the motivation the checking in with yourself the you know listening to Tony Robbins it's massive I feel like if I did, like, I would say that's probably because I think your mindset is probably 95% totally. of the, the work like I have to, I, I can't remember the last time I went out on a night out, like, because it's literally constant graft. I'm writing book four at the minute as well, and you get your deadlines, it's like a year before it's due to come out, so my deadline wow. for this is October, but I'm still, you need, um, you like, need to do it. I don't so I'm still like doing all the proofreads for Meet Me in Milan, still like doing all the PR and stuff like that for Meet Me in Milan, working full time, and it's just a nightmare, wow. so I... Wow. I think you need to be in a good mindset, but it's exciting now because I know that this is coming out. So I'm like, and do you I feel don't like think I'm... it's like a wee, it's a buzz as well? Because probably 
all the stories and all the work that you've been doing, eventually the world's getting to see. Yeah, definitely. So who do you let proofread it? Do you let any of your pals? Who do you let yeah, in? Yeah, so like I say to my pal, I think they're over it. They're just like, oh, I like, I like holding a book. I'm like... <laughs> Mate, I've been working for 10 you months. You get get the red out the printer. But my friend Maggie and Mark is, she is like my go-to and oh. she's she's blunt as anything. Like she, if she doesn't like something, she'll tell you. Um, Big but, up Maggie for an honesty. Yes. But I sent it to Maggie, um, uh, Meet Me in Milan, and she was like, I'm greeting. I love it. I love it. I think it's my favourite. I love it. So, that is so good. I feel so much better just You're even one person. So Maggie's giving you the seal of approval Maggie, and we're ready that's to go. All I need. That's all I need. I love that. I love that. So book three is on the way. Mm-hmm. You're already writing book four. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about like, what's the goal for it? I think the goal for me is a series. Like that is my goal TV for... Series. I'm like the sort of Zara trilogy. I would love it. So I obviously work with kids. I have a theatre school. We have a kids talent agency, right? Do you know majority of commissions are coming from books at the moment? Yeah. Like look at, like we've just got one that's just come back, right? I don't know if I can say that yet, so I won't say it, but one that's just came back and even look at Shetland, right? Mm -hmm. Shetland is a, a book that's like an author that's just writing about what's happening in Shetland about this detective. Like let's, ask the universe for it it's yeah. going to happen surely I know I've had certainly even in the last few weeks had a lot of interest and stuff like that it's just these things move so slowly and I'm like just we talk about this right like it sits on a producer's desk and yeah. sometimes it'll end up there and then they'll maybe pick it up two years later and they want everything for you yeah. rapidly oh, and then I... it's like oh you know Sheridan Smith's wanting to write yeah. a new pilot and then <laughs> Sheridan's back in but I think that that's certainly where I would like see you and I just think we were we were actually thinking this the other day when we were chatting about getting you on for a guest but like if it came to that how involved would you like to be? Oh I would totally I mean I feel like it's my baby so I would totally love to be involved um, Are you going to give me a part? Do you want a part? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd love a part Who can I play? <laughs> Well, um, I know the panties in the fur. There you go, from the apprentice to the creep standing outside the toilet, sniffing the pants. No, I'm definitely having a cameo role. I'm putting it out there. But I just think like these are the type of things we need to see on telly, right? Yeah. Like I am a massive advocate for some of these high class BBC dramas, right? But. Look at something like Vigil, right? Mm-hmm. Very far-fetched. How many people do you know that have worked in a fucking submarine? I know, I'm like, I know. Let's bring That's it back so to real stories, real lives. Although I love Saran Jones, the writing's amazing, but I'm like, let's see these working-class voices, yep. these normal stories on the telly. I think that was like... Pat, I think that's the reason the books are so relatable as well because it is sort of working-class and it's aimed at that. And I think the biggest thing that people like about it is because it sees Glasgow's all these crime writers like it's all crime and this and that but it's it's not it's not like that you can turn and have a good night do you know what's quite funny as well right see when you like after filming the show I've now got like a lot of English pals here say and they're always like Glasgow's mental and I'm like (laughs) No, it's like you go on a night out. There's genuinely somebody that's pissed, mm-hmm. right? You go to Manchester. There's somebody that's pissed. Never in my life have I walked down Glasgow and saw somebody be stabbed, yeah. somebody be shot, and I'm like, so I just don't know why we have this persona that we're all crackpots. I know we definitely do. And <laughs> I, I mean, we're maybe a bit mental, but I, a bit I don't nuts. think that we're you know doing a bit of stabbing on a I Saturday know. night. It's it's crazy. Like it, I feel like it it brings a sort of lighter current vibe to like just a on? nice vibe aye I think that there's one person that I think of right when you talk about this like trilogy of like someone dating and having a real right and like we laugh at this one of my pals Katie her pal Lauren I'm just like I'm going to need to say it, Lauren to read this and find out that there's going to be some hope I feel that last has kissed more frogs in Glasgow than what she knows what to do with but, and I think there is always somebody in your group or somebody that you know a cousin that you're like God that relates to and it's about yeah. relatability so probably why you've been picked up so well is because it's a real story it's real life and it's yeah. It's good on every single weekend in Glasgow. Yeah, definitely. So the goal is we would love a TV trilogy, season one, two and three. Yeah, I would love that. Could I would you just imagine? Love Could you imagine think, the film? I know. 
Season one in Glasgow, season two in Dubai, season three in Milan. I know. Oh, I'm coming in the shoot. <laughs> I'm there. I don't know what job I'm going to be doing, but I'm on it. That, so that's the goal. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think it is definitely realistic and 100%. just keep everything crossed. So we're asking the universe yep. for season one, two and three, three of this to happen. I love it. So let's talk about when life kind of changed let's talk about the highs the lows let's talk about how did your life change and like how did it make you feel I think it just changed it just changed so suddenly but it was amazing like I was I was very very self-conscious to be honest that would probably be the th- I was walking into work and even now like my friends and work are bigging it up to all the eight-year-old patients and they're reading it and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, don't read it. Like, but um, I was really self-conscious and I used to say to people all the time, like, please don't read it because I'd be embarrassed Why? about the content. Why though? I know, I know, it's so silly. And Shout out, but like, you need to be yeah, shouting about it. It's I'd fucking like, amazing. Um, but I used, to be, I used to be really, really self-conscious about it. But now I've grown to love it. Like, I'm just like, yeah. They're like, are you the wee lassie that writes? I'm like, yes, a Glasgow kiss. You can get it at Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith. But um, I think my life changed like that. Um, It changed financially for the Mm -hmm. better. Um, It just, I think it gave me a lot more confidence. Probably the low point, though, is I find it really hard to date. Do you? Because everybody is like, oh, can I get a part in your book? That's the part. That is the part. There's been ten of you in these Don't books before yourself. you're nothing special. Aye. Aye. Unless um, you've got a fetish with no work on. <laughs> so that's that's quite interesting. You find that like do you find that people think they know you? Aye, people oh my god, yeah. And the like people tell say, Oh, you know so and so you know, you're good pals with so-and-so and I'm thinking, I've never heard the last year. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Or, but, see, do you know what I've got to laugh at, right? I always find this so quite... Do you know what? And I'm like, we all are Scottish people, we all think we are, but like, the world thinks they know you. I'm like, <laughs> I've probably got about five pals. And, I, and when it's, oh, I, I went to school with him aye. and I was in the whatever team, and I'm like... I don't even know that person's name, but that, that is just a Scottish mentality. But I think for you, you probably find that that's why it's hard to date because people are probably going, oh, I know her, or oh, I've heard of her. So, and they'll have some random story about you that's probably 4% true. Yeah, and I think I think unless you read the books, because the books are really motivational uh-huh. and really sort of, it's, it's more like a girl power like kind of book, whereas guys caught on the fact that there's hundreds of sex in it. So guys think you're a big seed bomb. So they think I'm a big erotic novelist, which I kind of am, but, <laughs> so but they, they, they go with that. So you've got more guys probably in the DMs wanting you wanting to come up to your Aye, house. Aye, and... but it's, it's not, never anything that you want, isn't it? It's always the same story. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's what you feel. Talk about like the process of probably, I say like becoming like, you know, in the public eye but just like the world knowing you a wee bit more like any negatives to that anything that you know you would just think if you were to do it again you would change no I suppose the negatives would be obviously I don't want my kids to be around I, I just don't want them I don't often, I don't really post pictures of my kids no. and stuff like that because I don't really think it's necessary no. and then a couple of times people say oh well I shame them because blah blah like and that sort of thing and I'm look I've at Holly Willoughby I know right I know. and I'm like that's your work that's your yep. business page that's yep. hard though I've got a like, I've got a personal uh-huh. Instagram account but like my pals are on it uh-huh. like do you know what I mean which is just full of pictures of us but I just kind of think there's no need to post pictures of my children or with people will message and be like oh um, if you really get two kids like, and that seems to be bother people and I'm like yes I do like what's it going to do I know but I think we live in a world where people think they're entitled to know every piece of information know, and they, about you they just want they just want to know everything mm-hmm. which I'm like listen you probably we need that probably to keep like the buzz of life yeah. right but like I also find it so entertaining like see if like See if I've had like a couple of days like off stories, people like message like, hi, what's going on? Are you filming something? I'm like, I've had a day off and I'm in the spa at Glen Eagles. Aye. I'm like, piss off Aye. and leave me alone. I know. So it is, it's interesting, but you also think that like that comes of a world of social media yeah, where you definitely. probably, which again, it's a two pronged attack because probably you need it. We probably feed it. Yeah. But 
it's like some people get very invested. Do you feel yeah. that you've got some real invested readers? I loads like I'll go somewhere and I was in the toilet. I was in um, <laughs> I was and I was in town the other day for my lunch and I went into the toilet and someone followed me in the toilet for a selfie. And I was, I mean, like, I know, I was like, oh, right. And I was pure bursting for a pee. And I was like, no. right. and she's like, I seen you sitting there. I said, I'll wait till she goes to the toilet. And it, I Bless. mean, it's really nice. It is nice. It is nice. And it's like, God, come up to Monklands and I'll be bloody <laughs> scrubs on, dialyzing you if you want. Like, do you know what I mean? They're, and I think that's a massive because, mm-hmm. like, I'll do these events and see loads of people in the volcano and then the next day You're in the hospital. I'm in the hospital but I think that's just so grounding I think like do you know what like it's like a pure double life though. it is totally you're like Beyonce and Sasha <laughs> Fierce I love it so you would say that you know that that is one thing we all talk about is like you know people life's just probably never going to be the same yeah you just need to remember your P's and Q's in public yeah definitely which we were just talking about <laughs> so so the process of writing a book We've covered that. We've covered that you were self-published and now what's next? So now you've almost got a team, a team supporting you, a team helping you to kind of get to the next stage with the books. Talk about that. Yeah, so I've obviously got, I signed with Orion Books, which is one of the biggest UK publishers, worldwide publishers. Um, You say um, that so casually, like, (laughs) worldwide, I think I'm like, so good. I I chose well. (laughs) Um, And they're down in London based, but I have got a really good team down there. So um, they've got like their own PR team all in-house and stuff like that. Um, My editor's amazing. Um, And I've got a team up here too. Do you write and then you basically give someone to edit and then maybe someone that would like help storyline or is it just a No, I write. So I know... I write 80,000 words. I have to finish the full thing before I send it down, which is like horrible because if I've went off somewhere, (laughs) this could be like totally wrong. So you need to finish it first, then submit? Yeah, you need to finish it. You need to finish the whole thing. um, And then they'll they'll come to you with edits. But I've been really, really lucky that they've actually like... Not had many? No, no. Do they understand it? (laughs) What happens in Dubai was called She is a Belter. And they were like, this doesn't make sense. What does that mean? Because <laughs> it is in all, obviously, all the London shops and stuff. It is down south everywhere as well. It's it's everywhere. Um, so they were like, no, we need to change the name. Um, I but, find that so interesting because sometimes when we, even sometimes when I speak, right, like probably like you, I would say some things even in the boardroom and they would go, what? Eh, sorry Um, and I'd be like trying to pure translate and it's like we don't speak that different but some people just don't get what we're saying well I'm even writing it and they can't read it that's what I'm saying do they get it I love that I sometimes (laughs) so with becoming this amazing powerhouse author best selling author mum and nurse probably comes what you've had to do and not even noticed is becoming a business yeah and talk about How's that transition been for you? How have you transitioned? You are a business owner, you're a CEO, you're a CEO of your books, you're the CEO of your life. But how's that journey been for you? I think that's probably been the hardest because I'm not a natural businesswoman, I wouldn't say, like in terms of so you keep on top of the social media and the mails and the mm-hmm. sort of and the promotion, uh-huh. like stuff like that. I find it's just finding the time. Like I don't mm-hmm. mind doing it if I've got the time, but it's prioritising uh-huh. into it. It's prioritising what you need at the particular time. Um, but no, it's been amazing because I it's it's kind of my own wee bubble. But again, my team are amazing, amazing. and they're helping me. Um, so uh, my PR team and stuff like that up here in Elliot has been helping me like massively That's to sort so of good. run it all. Um, so yeah. But you, you are running a business at the same yeah. time. Like, yeah. you know, you're saying that just like, like, you know, I forget the, the PR, like PR teams take work. Like, yeah. you know, you're needing to go through the, the PR documents before they go out to press. And you so- need to go through everything, everything, <laughs> yeah. See, sometimes like when, before something goes live, right? Do you feel that gut of like, oh, have I read that all properly? We all know, like, sometimes I'm like, shit, what was in that document? That's going to press today. And I'm yeah. like, did I read that? And then I'm like, did I, did I say that? Did you say that? <laughs> but owning a business, what would you say are like the the struggles that have came with that? I think it's, you need to be 100% in, don't you? Like, so you are, it is basically, it takes over your entire life. Like, it, it genuinely 
every single thing needs to be totally invested. And I think that's probably the struggle, like even having a day off if you've not posted on social media, like you mm -hmm. feel guilty, like things like that. So for me, that would be sorting out your finances as well. Like, because you're trying to work it all out, get a good accounting. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just, Keep them grounded, keep them making totally. sure you're in it all the time. I go through all my meals every single night just, to, just uh -huh, to stay on top of it. Stay on top. And I've got someone that does my meals, but just make sure they would answer the same way that, that I would, would answer. Like, stuff Which like is that. also, it's like, it's total control. And I think probably when you get to a certain level, you don't know what's right and what's wrong. When, like, when it gets to that manpower of like, not being a one-person organisation and needing these teams. It's like making sure that they're authentic to you, making sure that they're authentic to the way you write, the way you speak, but also making sure that they're still relatable to your audience. That's a big, big, big yeah. responsibility to be on your head. Like, you've created this community in Scotland and worldwide that, like, people want you. And that's probably the hardest thing where you're like... You need to manage people's yeah. expectations. Yeah. So, you know, like, talking stories. Uh-huh. Like I keep What's getting your told, view on them? I, I keep getting told I need to do more talking stories, but every time I do, I'm just cringing. I'm just cringing oh. for myself because I'm like, Sophie, I'm mortified <laughs> on my like. See if I wasn't me, I would like put it this way. I wouldn't like me if I wasn't me. We always say this. My mum's like, my mum's like, love that one when you were in the motor doing the talking, and I'm like, brilliant. I'm glad somebody did. But I'm like, you need to do it. Like, I do. If I was to just post photos and you were just to post photos of like, like selfies. Like, it's not relatable. People want to see you talk. I know. And I think we just all need to get over that fear. Yeah. Like, somebody posted the other day and they were like, mortified posting this, but here I'm <laughs> posting it. It's like, ah, it's true. So but true. like, I think we just need to try and remove that because it's so much more interactive now. Like, gone are the days. I love watching people's talking <laughs> stories. But I just feel I love like a, vlog. a big um, creep. I'm just like pure creep. And then I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Oh, I said M about a million times. Like, oh, like it's We, uh, I said this a few weeks ago, right? But I remember watching, like, there's a, a Glasgow blogger and she's a mum. And I was like, I remember coming into the office one day and I went, 40 minutes last night I spent her watching <laughs> Unpacking a Fridge. And I'm like, why do we find shit like that entertaining? I know. But I, I was like, I think, like, honestly, she'd went to like B&M and I'm like, I'm a 26 year old man and I'm watching a woman go to B&M and unpack her. <laughs> Friends, I'm like, but that's the kind of shit that people are interested Aye. in. I'm like, so I think that gone are the days of like us having the fear. Let's make yep. that commitment to ourselves yeah. that we're like, we'll be on the stories. I'm going to do a talking story tonight. <laughs> well, there you go, you can do it. So, owning your business and coming as like a CEO onto this, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell, I would be more confident. I would take more chances. I feel like as soon as I started taking the chances in terms of telling people it was me, mm -hmm. <laughs> writing the books and um, taking these big leaps forward, that's exactly the when you start. When you put yourself yeah. out there almost. And everything moves up a notch, doesn't it? it? It definitely does. I think you need to take big risks if you're wanting to take, go for any, mm. any length in it. Um, the stuff that I've wrote about, like at the times I've questioned it, like I'm like, mm, can I say that? Can I say that? But I feel like you just need to. Do you not think the, the stuff that you've wrote about is it's made you the success that you are? Yeah, but yeah. So you I probably definitely find, think it. find a lot of time in your own head. Yeah. It's like I mean, I say this all the time. You spend ninety five percent of your life in your own head. Yep. But when you're knowing that mindset and you're like, fuck, I'm doing this, or do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. That's probably when the magic happens. And I yep. think that like, we always talk about life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And probably when your life did begin is literally when you went, you know what, I'm writing a blog and I'm writing a book. Yep. And there's something so special in that where like, look at the success that's come off the back of it. So yeah. what would you tell your younger self then? Just to do it. Stop, like, don't bother with anyone else's things and honestly just take just risks and dream it. big. Yep. I remember seeing a quote somebody had said and it was like, let's live in a life where things happen on a big scale. Mm -hmm. I fucking love that yeah. one. I'm just like, you know, we all love our work. We all love getting up every day. But I'm like, y'all want the big ideas. It's yeah. like, and I think that as a generation in Scotland, I would love nothing more than to create like the next generation of kids and talent that are like, 
I fucking want my own show on Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, why can we not have that? Why are we institutionalised to think that, like, the highest sights of an actor are going in River City? I'm like, River City's lovely. Yep. It's great that it's filmed 20 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come back to Scotland and retire or have a couple of kids, it's brilliant. Yep. But let's live in a world where we go, Definitely. do you know what? I want my own show on Disney. Let's not go, mm, do you hear them saying that? Like, yeah. I just think that as an inst- as a as a nation, we should be so much more supportive Definitely. of other people. I said that when I wrote the book, the reason, part of the reason I didn't tell anyone, obviously I didn't have a writing background and uh-huh. like, cause people be like, oh, do you hear she's writing a book? Do you know what I mean? Like, it is. It's totally uh-huh. the West of Scotland attitude. It is, it is the West of Scotland attitude. And I think that from starting this, it's so marginalised. It's tiny. Aye. But we are all subconsciously Aye. thinking about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. why do we care about Sharon for Les Mahego? I, I can care less <laughs> what Sharon's got to say. And I think that, like, it's just, it's so interesting that you all get fixated on it. Yep. And you do, but it's you like, do. do you know what? In the grand scheme of things, Sharon, I bet you're a lovely woman, right? But you're not going to be paying the bills. Exactly. That's what it exactly. comes down to. So I think that, like, this season, I have had all females on so far which Ooh. I've loved, right? And I think that, like, I have a 95% female team and I'm like, as you said, how you run a house, run two kids, run a <laughs> business and go to your work, right? Some of my staff, I'm like, you've done a shift before you get here. Like, Aye. they've got the kids at school, they've got the kids at nursery and I'm like, that for me needs to be spoke about a bit more often. Like, it's something that I've found over this season that I'm, like, learning. I'm like, you know, as a business owner, I probably need to be a bit more aware of like, how can I help? How can I make changes to the organisation? But what would you say makes a strong female CEO? I think to be supportive, like to be as supportive, obviously I'm very in my, t- my sort of thing myself. Like I've got teams that are supporting me. Um, but I think if they're leading a team, like I'm, my boss is amazing just now and she is so supportive mm. on hand anytime positive feedback as well is massive like see if you're having that like a shitty day at work and somebody will say you've done really well there uh-huh. it just makes a hundred times better doesn't it um and yeah just really being there and knowing somebody's got your back and putting the work in as well i think they need to put in the graph yep the graph do you think that I think that a strong leader is about motivation and vision as well, mm-hmm. right? And I think that opening up in a conversation is like, you don't ever want anyone to feel like, oh my God, I need to go and speak to him. Like, you don't ever no. want that, right? Or like people to come to you. But I think that that's also really hard because you're trying to strike the balance between like firm but fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that where it's really difficult is like, for me, I have took like so much this year from like speaking to the guests I've had on where I'm like, hold on a minute here. You've done an actual shift before you come to your work. Your kid's been up all night. You're probably shattered. I'm like, really, is it that deep that, you know, a couple of emails have been missed? No, let's look after people and look after the welfare. And I think that that's one thing that I've really learned on this season of like, probably it's about listening to people as well. Yeah, definitely. So if you could sum up what makes a good CEO in three words, what would you say? Ooh, I would say strong-minded. Uh-huh. Mm, good listener, to be fair. And inspirational. I love that. That's a good one. It's a good yeah. it's a good one to have on. So we talk about this quite a lot in the podcast, right? But I always say everything in life is either a lesson or a blessing. Mm-hmm. And Last week, I had on an amazing guest who the journey was just like up and down and up and down and so interesting. But if you were to talk about this chapter of your life of like, so so from start to, start to now, how long has this ride of the books been going? Um, 2019? Yeah, 2020. The, December 2000 was just the very end, yeah. It's really just like two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So long. these two years, how's it felt? It's been crazy. It's been amazing. Like, um, it's been completely life changing, but it has felt the pressure. It has uh-huh. been a lot of pressure. Like it really has. And even people like would say to you, "Oh, well, you, I remember someone in my work says to me one time." So I read it to release what happens in uh-huh. Dubai at Glasgow Kiss was like a massive success, uh-huh. and I was like, 
what if I'm like a one hit wonder, you know, like pure. Kenny Katona. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what if I'm, and then, um, and everyone's been really nice and weird to my face, to like really reassuring. Like, no, you've done this, so you can do this again. And I'm like, oh, shit, shit, shit. And then this wee woman goes, well, you know what they say here? And I'm like, oh, what's that? She's like, it's never as good as the first. What? Thanks very much. Thanks, Marion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is Marion as a patient? <laughs> well, there you go. So I was like, all right, okay. Why, but why do these? Like, it's so bizarre, right? Because that's just, again, that pure old school pattern. Like, yeah. You know, like when people watch a film, aye, it's not as good as the first exactly. one. I'm like, who says? What happens in Dubai is actually sold more copies than uh, a Glasgow cast since I've done the second book as well. So. But I also just think that it's just like that West of Scotland mentality, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so the pressure is there, <laughs> but overall it has been It's probably double the pressure, right? Because you, you have got that. You yeah. also start to tell yourself that. You're probably yeah. saying to yourself, this I'm a one-hit wonder, I'm a one-hit wonder. I was reading wonder. it and going, this is shite, and putting it away, saying this is shite. Shit, I need to release this, it's going to come out soon. But then, if I had a break from it and I read it, I'd be like, oh, oh did I say that? <laughs> do you, how many times do you think you need it from start to finish? Oh my God, see, meet me in Milan, like, I've just been sent the Kindle version to read now, just to make sure. How just, long does it take you to read that, though? It, it probably takes me about two days to, but I'm going through every single line, making sure there's no any mistakes. But when I read this, must be maybe the twelfth time I've read you this. But I'm fed up with it, but I still read it and laugh, so that's a good sign. That's a good sign. It still I, makes you laugh. This one has made me like I really, really like this one that's coming out, and I feel so much better about it than what I did. Do you feel like you've grown as a writer as well? I definitely, I feel like my writing um, sense is a lot better, my writing style and stuff like that is And you've a probably lot got a style now as well, which is Aye. so nice to see because I think that like like anything, when you do something once, you're like, all right, okay, I've kind of found my feet mm -hmm. there. Like, how do I amplify that? But you've now did that twice, you're ready for uh, this third one. You can smash out the park now, like, 8,000 yeah. words, <laughs> bang it out. So would, what would you say this whole two years has been a lesson or a blessing? A total... A bit of both, but overall, I would say it's been a blessing. Uh, total. What lesson have you took from it? To basically, again, just to go for it, to take the it. chance. Uh -huh. To like, I, if I had never even started the blog, if COVID had never happened, and so which made uh, that made me write the book, I would never have. Um, I would never have probably written a book. You probably find that I think you're the only nurse in the world to come out of COVID with books. I, I think know. the rest of them come out with. I know. Like so a many hot more. An ice bath for the, for the cold water therapy. I know. Let's, I need to ask you this. How is life on an NHS ward at the moment? Um, hard. Aye, it's really hard. Um, we've had quite a tough couple of weeks actually, but. Yeah, it, we don't need to wear masks. That's the yeah. one positive thing I think that's come out yet. But yeah, really, just so really. Oversubscribed. Aye, there's just there's no staff really. Um, wow. And the patients are really sick, so it is. It's Hard. nice to come out and like get a break. Get a break. Sitting here, I'm like that in this lovely bloody set. That we're Aye, but on. no, it is really difficult. But everybody's amazing. It's a great team and stuff like that. That's and so I good. think if it wasn't for the team I would have left um, years ago, but wow. the team in the ward and in the hospital and my hospital in general are amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. So I suppose that my question for you would be, I also always say, right, like a quote gets you to a point that some motivation wouldn't. If you were to say what is your favourite quote or a quote that you could pass on, what would it be? Oh, I know it's the J.K. Rowling one, but I can't actually remember let's find what it. it is. What is it? Find it. Right, let's find it. This is my favourite. I love this, right, because this is one of the questions that I always ask people, right? And I think that it's just quite interesting to to finish up on a quote that's going to that's going to keep you engaged. Yep. But I think that this is probably quite an interesting one for you. It's Making sure I'm not a bloody robot here <laughs> on my safari. Come on. Right, okay. Okay, she's done a lot of quotes. <laughs> J.K. Rowling must be like a, a bloody inspiration at you as well. She's Scottish, isn't she? Yeah. 
Wow. One of my patients was saying to me the other day that he's like that. You know, are you that way off? And I said, aye. And he says, do you know something? Um, <laughs> I've met another author. He says, I used to deliver curry pies. Now, we woman in a shop loved, loved a curry pie. He says, and it was fucking JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So JK Rowling likes a curry loved pie. a curry pie. <laughs> if you were to say your favourite quote, to sum up this episode, to finish us off, what would it be? Anything is possible if you've got enough nerve. And it's by J.K. Rowling. What? Anything is possible if you've got enough nerve. Yep. Wow, that's quite nice. I'm going to sit on that one and yeah. think of that. Well, thank you very much thank for you. joining me. Thank we you. have covered your new book. We've covered, yeah. we're potentially, we are, we're asking it, we're putting it to the universe. Let's ask it. We're going to have a TV season. Yes. You're going to be the writer, a screenwriter. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the creep outside the toilet. <laughs> um, it has been so nice to have you on and what a breath of fresh air. I think the thank one you. thing that I'm going to take from this episode is just like, do you know what? life begins at the end of your comfort zone and just go for it like what's the worst that can happen people say no and I just think that has been so inspiring to hear someone like how hard you've worked over the past few years and I'm so excited to see what happens next thank you so much thank Thank you you. for joining me (laughs) 